Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you're new to the program, you are catching us in part one of what will be a two-part, as the kids call it, pod crawl. Uh, we are talking about Every Which Way But Loose from 1978, directed by James Fargo. It is Fargo. I thought it was a typo, but the man's name is Fargo. Yeah, this is like if you're a fan of bad movie podcasts, this is like uh, Tupac and Biggie collaborating on an album in 1995. <laughs> Only it's a lot wider and lot, a lot less dangerous. Uh, so we are part one, and part two is going to be conducted by the good fellas over at the Flophouse podcast. They will be talking about Any Which Way You Can, which is the sequel. Right. And it, these these titles are confusing. They are they are so confusing up until – it was like 24 hours ago. I was like, which one do we have to watch? Well, yeah. I, I missed opportunity for Every Which Way But Looser. <laughs> Looser. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this ends the possibility of a, one of us getting killed in front of a nightclub. <laughs> Six, seven guys, one ch- chances are somebody's getting killed in front of a nightclub. <laughs> it's possible. I would predict Chris Cabin's killed in front of a movie theater. <laughs> some like angry director read some snotty review of his and he gets assassinated outside of a multiplex. Zack Snyder just shanks him in the back six times. And like, Zack it's a real Snyder cr- would be the dude to do it. It's yeah. a real cl- crowded movie theater and nobody sees it happen and Cabin's like crying out but he can't cry out. No it's one. like the, uh, the, the, the prologue of Scream 2 <laughs> when uh, Jada Pinkett's just getting murdered and everybody thinks it's part of the show. <laughs> That's fucking- so anyway, after you listen to this episode which drops on a Tuesday, those guys are dropping uh, any which way you can on a Saturday, I believe. So it is a double dose of Clint Eastwood ape movies. Uh, be sure to listen to both parts. So let's get into it. The title. Yes. I, cause be, and this kind of gets into the beginning of the film is I, when I was watching it, I, I was like making dinner and I looked away and so much time had elapsed between the beginning of the movie and what I imagined him having to explain where this ape came from, I thought I was watching the sequel. I was like, I paused it, I rewound it, had to look at the title again to make sure I was still watching the right movie. No, 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 because you don't find out how this ape came to be in his possession until 48 minutes into this movie. At least. And you know what? Even then, it's just not even that important. Nope. But we're getting that song, man. Just every which way but lose. Baby, every which way but lose. Can we hear is, a second of it? Because I just, yeah. it's going to be, you wanna, you it's in my head. Hear it. You want to do that to these people? I do, yes. All right, audience, this is Steve's fault. Every which way but lose, you turn me. Every which way but lose. Inside the fire's burning me In my mind you just keep turning me Every which way I do 
Oh, it's like it's like getting a tattoo on your brain tissue. You know what? I'm going to say it's the best theme song we've heard on a movie we've done. And I, this is coming on the heels of Joysticks, which is great. But... Joysticks, Karate Kid 3 with that song? Oh, yeah. But this, I don't know, man. Wow. There's just something You're about it. You're just really loving it, huh? It's an earworm. Uh, yeah, it is. And it's one of those things. It's like uh, what Khan puts in you. Every time I hear the word earworm, I think of Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Walter Koenig is like screaming his head off to easy blues or whatever <laughs> every which way but loose captain <laughs> but that's the thing is like it's it's such an easygoing song like when you're waking up go, getting your stuff together how could you not be singing that while oh, you're I finding wanna, your shoes here's the thing yeah finding my shoes i'm making a nice cup of folgers crystals <laughs> coffee listening to every which way but loose Maybe frying up some eggs oh yeah definitely frying real up hobo some breakfast eggs. huh yeah. <laughs> letting a the, can of beans letting the dogs out into the backyard you know just every which way but loose maybe uh maybe i look at uh the, the the woodwork I've been doing, you know, and I ponder like maybe later in the afternoon I'm gonna finish this project. Oh, yeah, every which way but lose. Probably have some time for some whittling in the afternoon. Oh yeah, I imagine like literally on my deathbed, uh, the last thing that I think of is every which way but lose. <laughs> it's just like I fade off. Yeah. I would love you to be singing it along with it, and then like you don't get to say loose, like you expire <laughs> before the final lyrics. I would be totally cool if somehow Jesus or whoever arranged, <laughs> or whoever, uh, thank yeah, you, Jesus, Hydra, whoever, <laughs> yeah, who's ever involved. When you die, and you're like leaving your body, and you're you're having your out of body experience, and you're like you're you're going towards the light, or, mm. or your soul's going to dissipate forever, or yeah. whatever's going to happen. Yeah, just this song. You get to hear this song in the entirety before you shuffle off the mortal coil. I'm I'm fine with that. I I will pray to whoever you want me to pray to to make that happen. You think it's like the music in uh, like the waiting room for the afterlife? Oh. Is this song on loop? That'd be good. Maybe it's like it's this song. It's uh, the fix is one thing leads to another. That's kind of a nice like <laughs> it's going little, into the afterlife yeah. tune. Kind of a little ominous too. You kind of like which, wait, which way is it leading to? Yeah, exactly. You I chose think, the wrong way. Yes, yeah, things are a lot looser in hell. I would wager, right? Well, maybe they're talking about those heavenly robes. <laughs> That might be. There's no underwear going on underneath those heavenly robes. Speaking of uh, underwear that doesn't change, Clint Eastwood's wearing the the same <laughs> pants the entire movie. It's these brown slacks. Yep. That are not going anywhere. Are they slacks or are they like really gross looking jeans? Or are they like like a Dickies work pants or something? Oh, I yeah. Think, yeah, you're splitting the difference yeah, there. That's, a, that's right. a nice meat in the middle. That's a, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But he's like fishing in these things. He's run. He's working out. Let me tell you the athlete's foot that this guy must have with all the yeah, just walking. There's the one scene where he's like gonna fight that biker gang leader, yeah. and he walks through a puddle to get to him like fucking Jason Voorhees, and I'm. <laughs> just like ew no now your feet are all wet how are you gonna fight with wet socks he's showing them that he he doesn't give a shit they would care about wet socks but not eastwood i guess so yeah clint eastwood's a deranged person in this movie right like he's actually like (laughs) crazy it's like the killer inside me is this movie (laughs) well i think that anybody who bare knuckle boxes for a living has to be a little crazy. Well, you know, he's, I would say he's just, you know, your simple everyday blue collar hero. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, this movie, man, is so like charmingly blue collar. Like, that's what it's so designed for. Oh, yeah. This takes, like, 
the main town that they start out in is is like a suburb of L.A. or something. But yeah, it's just so grimy, and everyone is just like calloused. I had no idea. You know, there was that much cowboy culture in suburban Los Angeles, like out, like just outside the city limits. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe it's all died out. Maybe they that might they, be they whipped it back into the desert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie is basically a pub crawl of honky tonk bars. You know what I mean? It's like honky it is. Bar. Yeah, and, and not, you can not see each and every ones. one of them. Not good ones either. Oh no, the worst of the honky tonk. Not even the Blues Brothers would play at these places, man. Real scuzzholes. It's it's more realistic than the places in Roadhouse, but it's still a place I'd not, rather not be at. Yeah, the places in Roadhouse are like stages in video games. Like, yes. I imagine you could make a Street Fighter esque Roadhouse inspired video game, and it's like sure. each of these, like these mythological honky tonks that they go to in, in those <laughs> movies, right? And, and the ones they speak of, like the one where like Sam Neill's character comes from and everything. Sam like, Elliott. Oh, Sam Elliott. Yeah, excuse me. Although, man, imagine Sam Neill in Roadhouse. That'd be great. No, he would be denied service. He would be the rich guy <laughs> trying to buy the honky tonk and turn it into like a, a super white collar club. But right. yeah, like you could imagine those places are stages in video games. But these are like just a little bit more believable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of the scuzz factor. It's, there's a dinge on everything. You can smell the stale cigarettes coming off the screen, yeah. which I guess is the idea why they don't mind when an ape comes to drink. Like that's the like it's <laughs> just it's dirty enough. Like yeah. there's peanuts already. Now, so th- that is the most ridiculous part because Eastwood does take this ape out drinking. He takes him to restaurants. <laughs> The restaurants are more unbelievable than the honky-tonks are, though. There should have been a scene, like 15 minutes of him explaining to every single service industry person he comes across, well, yeah. l- listen, my, my ape is going to be joining us. <laughs> and, like, it's gonna, they're going to say no. We'll maybe, say he's, maybe, like a, he's a seeing-eye ape. <laughs> maybe, he's, he's a service animal for my anxiety. <laughs> you didn't buy that? Punch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Punch, well, punch, I tried. Punch. You know what I love, though, about when the ape is drinking at bars? It made me realize that that is the closest we will ever get in, like, a real-world scenario to having a Moss Eisley cantina, right? Yeah, it's like big fat guy in a cowboy hat drinking a beer, Clint Eastwood drinking a beer, an ape drinking a beer, some lady. Sam Neill. Yeah. <laughs> Saying what? What do you mean? There's no Heineken. Yeah. We have the death sentence on ten systems. Yeah. I don't like you either. The ape just fucking rips his arm out. I just love it because the ape is. I mean, you look at this ape man, and you know we are. Well, the, we are close cousins to these creatures. You know, he's he's drinking this Coors Banquet beer just like the rest of them are. <laughs> which, by the way, if Coors Banquet beer did not have money in this movie, they're gonna wish they did. I mean, speaking of Mozart's Cantina, I did did really get the feeling that this movie was a little bit of a Star Wars, right? Because it's it's like Han Solo and Chewbacca with Clint Eastwood and this ape. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's these these scuzzy bikers that are you know it's like the bounty Chasing hunters. The yeah, the cops totally are right. like the Empire. I mean, the movie came out 366 days ago, so mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lewis is Luke Skywalker, and um, no one's Obi Wan Kenobi because there's no wisdom to be found. <laughs> there's not a lick of wisdom in these movies. Let me ask you this though. 
How is this ape not sharing top billing with Clint Eastwood? The ape doesn't even make the main credits. Because the, to be honest though, the ape is not really in this movie that much. More ape, if I have to, if I was, you know, grading this paper, I would just be, big red letters, more ape, please. If you're putting an ape on the poster, the ape really needs to have something to do. And how is the ape not getting involved in some of the fights that are happening? Yeah. I was hoping at the end of the movie, the last baddie had his own ape. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you tag team fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's not like this movie was wary of man on ape fighting because the scene we're introduced to the ape, he attacks Clint Eastwood. Right. He goes into his shady work den and, uh, well, I guess it's a shack. Yeah, it's like a shed where they keep this ape chained up, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're like what's going on here? It's dark. There's a man in there fighting you. Oh, no, it's a, it's a hairy ape. And I mean, I guess like logistically on camera trying to fight ape versus man isn't going to work because the way they film that shed scene, it's like all in the dark. Right. There's a lot of sound effects. There's well, a little yeah. person in a fucking monkey suit, I'm sure, for a little <laughs> bit of it. Right. Because if you had the real ape in there, I mean, I think you tear his fucking throat out. Crack a skull like it's a, uh, you know, shellfish. Yeah. <laughs> crack it right open like a big old clam yeah a big juicy clam suck out its innards then so <laughs> for some reason i had this idea because i'd watched me like five years ago that clint eastwood was a truck driver and that was the whole thing no he's just a pit fighter right that, yeah, that, that's, you know, that's his this, that's how he claims taxes his pit fighter well he's driving the, he's driving the truck at the beginning of the movie though right you read the press notes for this and it's like, <laughs> and it says he's a truck driver that's also a bare knuckle brawler but really he's more he's just really fighting yeah he's just a pit fighter or maybe he's this is his pit- off season i think it's a thing where it's kind of like being in the mafia right mm-hmm. or, or like being a drug dealer like yeah. you can't put <laughs> earnings you know via drug dealing on a fucking w2 you well know I, mean? I have a truck and i do drive yeah, exactly. So it's not technically he, he, live. He returns that load to like the depot or whatever. He makes a point to clearly sexually harass two women before he gets out of the <laughs> office. You know, and then he gets in his truck, goes to the local watering hole, and that's the last time we ever hear about him being a truck driver in this movie. But that's the thing is what I love about him, him and his friend uh, Jeffrey Lewis who plays Orville, who's either his brother, his cousin or his best friend or maybe all three. <laughs> and they just go to places and suss out pit fighting rings because they are yeah. everywhere in this town. Orville knows like how to really sniff out a good pit fight. He'll be like, hey, Orville, go see uh, if you can get a line on a fight. I'll be here waiting in the truck with the monkey. Well, I think that's kind of why this is why the golden age of TVs really changed America is because without it, I think we'd all be pit fighting. You know, if if I wasn't able to watch Mad Men and or Game of Thrones and maybe, you know, this new Fargo series, if I didn't have those things cool in my heels, I might be pit fighting all over the place. You just have to go out there and get some blood another way. Like now you get it like through TV characters. You think that was a problem in the late 70s? Because like, oh, it's like, oh, uh, what's on television tonight? Um, uh, Maud. Maud and uh, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Oh, boy. Get the monkey in the truck. We're going fighting. <laughs> That's what suburbia must have been doing. Yeah, it's either there better be something good and bloodthirsty on TV or else I'm going to go out and find a pit fight. I'm going to box Norman Lear's ears. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Uh, so the first instance of fighting in this movie is probably one of the best ones because not that the uh, like glow of the fighting style in this movie ever really fades, but like the first time is always the best time. 
And like he goes to this bar after work. And it's a real shitty, like, he's just taking some peanuts, and there's this big drunk, I believe his name is Big Al, mm-hmm. you know, is just like, hey, hey, why don't you give me those peanuts back? And then they, he wants to fight Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah. And he's like a big, tall, like, so-and-so, <laughs> he you He also know? has a line that's like, are you bringing him back to your tree, little squirrel? <laughs> oh, yeah, he keeps calling him a squirrel. You got some nuts for your tree, squirrel. <laughs> Interesting thing about Big Al, the beginning of the scene, like, you know, he, you know, Eastwood's doing the man with no name. You know, he's just drinking his beer, minding his business. And Big Al and this other dude are talking about some orgy or something. Ta- I, he's I, like I, telling a shitty joke or something. Yeah, but then he's also like earnestly suggesting they go to a whorehouse. <laughs> oh, yes. That's, yeah, he's like, well, speak on the heels of that dirty joke I just told you. There's a house about 10 miles outside of town I could take you hey, to. Hey, Big Al, you got anything going on down there or what? You want to go down to that whorehouse or what? We learned so much about this, about this, these two people in this scene that it's weird because we, we know that this guy suggesting the whorehouse actually doesn't know Big Al that well. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he asks him if he's married. Yeah, like you're he, right. He would know. It's like they just, buddies. That's like they just met. That's how that shit went down. Like, you know, nowadays we have shit like Tinder and, you know, and, 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 and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Right? So, like, that's like how you do it now, right? But, like, back in the late 70s, man, <laughs> it was just like, hey, man. How about uh, me and you go to that whorehouse and figure it out? You know what I mean? <laughs> why? Why you need a buddy? I mean, I guess like for the long ride. It's either the, the long silences. ride. Here's what it is, though. I feel like the whole system of going to a whorehouse, especially in the late 70s, was you can't go by yourself because if it turns out to be like a bordello of blood situation, okay, you, you yeah, know, you're, you're, you're crazy. You're, you're screwed. You know yeah. what I mean? But you go with a buddy. Big Al gets attacked by vampires, right? <laughs> this, this other guy can get out of there and call the authorities. Or if your wallet goes missing, you got another guy to rough him up. <laughs> and by the way, if anyone was wondering, is Big Al married? Used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Big Al's answer to a lot of questions. Is used to be. You sober, Big Al? <laughs> used to be. You employed, Big Al? <laughs> used to be. You know, honestly, respected by your children, Big Al? <laughs> <Are> you- <laughs> No comment. <laughs> All but that son of mine, or should I say, daughter? You, you literate, Big Al. Used to be. <laughs> I love the idea of someone forgetting how to read. By the way, <laughs> that's why they call him Big Al. He got hit in the head so many times. <laughs> Forgot how to read. So the and by the way, that is the the two greatest. Uh, Character characterized characters in this movie, like they're the f- most fully developed. Yeah, Clint Eastwood's character, nah, nobody else. No, 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 no. Big Al and this dude that wants to go to the bordello. Yep, thickest characters in the film. <laughs> Big Al and Wet Larry. <laughs> uh, why do they call him Wet Larry? Because <laughs> he's trying to get that shit wet. Used to be. <laughs> So, so Big Al wants to get in a fight with Clint Eastwood, right? And this is where you are introduced to like the fighting style of this movie. And this movie, it was ahead of its time because this is a video game movie. It's just a lot of just like punch, 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 punch. And this dude goes down. Not once in this movie is Clint Eastwood ever in danger of losing a fight because he barely gets hit once. He's just the best. I mean, because he's, he's, this also kind of equates with a 70s thing that I, I found really evident in this movie is that fat used to mean tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could be the, the fattest guy at the bar was the guy you didn't mess with. If you were fat and tall. 
Where yeah, exactly. Got, like the momentum. He's like, a, yo, that, you can't go up against a big guy like that. <laughs> well, just think about like Jackie Gleason, man. Like you'd never pick a fight with fucking Jackie Gleason. He'd tear your spine out of your back. <laughs> He's got that bear strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Your only hope is in the off chance he has one of his heart attacks. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it's the real weakness of fighting a big, tall, fat guy. They might drop dead of a heart attack in the middle of the bout. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is like I think fat used to mean tough, but now fat means like people like us. You know what I mean? Like if you saw four, people like us. If you saw four fat guys like sitting around a bar talking, about this, oh man, they're probably gonna talk about fighting, or fucking, or killing. And now you're just like, oh, those guys probably have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the title the title of this this movie is actually about my, my waist size. <laughs> Every which way. <laughs> It's all over the place and it's loose. And- <laughs> so he lays out Big Al in beautiful fashion, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he beats the shit out of this guy. And that's when I was like, okay, like I'm on board for this movie. I wasn't on board for driving around, ordering a banquet beer, sexually harassing the ladies at the office. Yeah, but- I was. <laughs> Used to be. <laughs> But the second you lay out Big Al like that, man, I was on board for this picture. You know what I was on board for? The sounds, the Foley artistry in this film. Yeah. It's better than a Bruce Lee movie. A lot, it, oh, a yeah. lot of uh, chicken car- carcasses punched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like dead cats in a wet sack against a car hood. Like, <laughs> slapping it. Like, every time you're punching Big Al's gut. It's really, like, this movie should have won an Academy Award for sound design. It really should have. You know, and it would have. Had it been around at the time, MTV Movie Awards. Best, oh, yeah. The best, best on-screen Dewey? Yeah, Duo? Yeah. The Dewey. <laughs> the Dewey. Best on-screen couple. Hell, you know. Go, you know they best have, on-screen kiss? Because he's yeah. definitely kissing this ape in this movie. He's yeah. so tender with this ape. It's a little weird. I'll it's, be honest. It's the most tender he's ever been with another actor in <laughs> anything. Bridges of Madison County be damned. He is more romantic and gentle and caring for this ape than he could have ever been in any movie. He's always like... G- g- like up in up in Clyde's ear, like whispering to him, like, "Hey, Clyde, you hungry, Clyde? Yeah, you like that, Clyde? Yeah, Clyde." This movie also is one of those movies, uh, much like other movies that feature humans and animals, or humans and robots, or humans and aliens, or humans and monsters, <laughs> or humans and Big Al. <laughs> where you know, to be. <laughs> it's like one of those things where, like, we just have to accept that Clint Eastwood says something to the ape, oh. and the ape just understands English. <laughs> like, it's just... Right, because it's Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> it's got its, its own it's, monkey language. Oh, yeah, totally. And the ape will then be, you know, doing all sorts of ooh, ooh, ah, 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 and he'll be like, yeah, I know, it is hot in here. I'll roll down the window, you know? <laughs> I think maybe the second time we see the ape, he's doing laundry. Like, the, the, the ape is functioning, doing laundry. So it doesn't happen for, like, another 50 minutes, but I think we should just... Ex- explain yeah, why yeah we ape- should we should do a better job of explaining than the movie does yeah the movie doesn't ever explain this until like way later but apparently what happened was clint eastwood won this ape in a fight he he like had a bare knuckle he would be bet his like car and something else like his house his pants like every yeah. he put everything on the line the ape was so valuable i guess and he also he couldn't stand looking at him in that cage yeah, it was like the manager of the fight or something had the ape in a cage and he just, he got real emotion. It was the first time, you know, that, that, the ice just melted around his Clint Eastwood heart and he just knew he had to save this ape. You know what? If you win it in a fucking fight and you care about it that much, 
Donate it to a preserve. Yep. Don't make it do your laundry and drink beer with you. And eat Oreos. This ape would be dead. Like, literally, yes. one week living with Clint Eastwood, apes have very specific... This ape does not eat fruit any at any point nope. in this movie. Yeah. He's eating chili cheeseburgers. He drinks and, beer all the time. Bud heavy the whole time. <laughs> and what I love is there is uh, there's some scene where they are at a Mexican restaurant, and... Uh, the ape is not dining with them. You know, the, this was a restaurant, I guess, where the ape was not allowed in. And the, it's it's him, the cousin, and then Beverly D'Angelo, who they pick up later in the film, and they're just having food. And and the the dude Orville is like, oh, you know, I think Cloud would really like this food or something like that. And Clint Eastwood's like, oh, he's never met a bean in his life. I think it would destroy his digestive tract. I'm like. What are you talking about? I know for a fact you're feeding it steak, and you clearly say it's only allowed to drink on Saturday nights, <laughs> which means you have a schedule in where you allow this animal to drink beer. That, that that's always a problem for me. When you, you know you don't see it much now, but when you were growing up, someone's like, "Oh shit, give the dog beer." Man, that was give never the horse funny. beer. <laughs> <laughs> give the pony beer. <laughs> He and Mr. Simpson split a case of malt liquor. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, gave a chinchilla a thimble, a cap full of Old English, and the chinchilla died a day later. <laughs> That's how that shit works. Coincidence? Used to be. <laughs> There's also the the cousin of that gag, which is the old, hey man, I'm just going to b- blow some weed in this dog's face. <sighs> yeah, this dog's so high right now. No thanks. Yeah, uh, be responsible, everyone. Don't torture animals like Steve and his friends. <laughs> Used to be. <laughs> I, listen to We Hate Movies? Used to be. <laughs> going to get the ASPCA on us. So, we're, we, yeah, Clint Eastwood's home life, by the way. Let's touch on it real quick. We've mentioned Orville. Uh, his brother slash cousin. We don't know. Like, you said, don't know. He only refers to him as a friend. I think they even I, have s- different last names. I think they're like neighbors that became best buds, I guess. Like yeah. maybe it's like childhood friends or something. Well, that's another thing that's not explained. No. And they just love fixing up cars in their, um, you know, and Orville's, yards. Orville's kind of his pimp in a way. You know what I mean? Well, like, he's the one tracking down the fights. Oh, he's manager. Yeah. You're going to go here and you fight this person. Then you're going to get back in the truck and wait till I say it's okay to go home. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Well, yes, also, daddy. Because <laughs> Clint Eastwood and the monkey, or the ape, excuse me, live in... Like squalor. the house in squalor, guaranteed in the house, like behind the house where Orville lives with his mother, played by Ruth Gordon, who is doing flat out nothing in this movie but being the most obnoxious, unhilarious old lady character of all time. Yeah, so let's get into that for a second. She, because uh, she's old, mm-hmm. you, you know, she's not allowed to drive a car because she was probably did something heinous or something. Yeah, she probably killed kids. Yeah, she with her probably car. ran down a whole place. Playground, and then now she wants her license back. So now Orville has to drive her to all the DMVs in Southern California, oh, trying to find great... one that would pass her. Isn't it so hilarious? We just keep going to these DMVs, and the joke is they're running out of DMVs to go to. And it's like one thing after another. Like, well, maybe I should have put my wig on. He's like, yeah, maybe you should have, ma. Oh, maybe I should have worn my glasses. Oh, maybe you should have, ma. And the whole time I am stone faced 
not laughing. They said I was too old. Yeah, good. And you'll soon be dead. (laughs) Would you you sign on to see a monkey in this movie? Well, let's go on my appointment. (laughs) (laughs) Let's run errands with the star of Harold and Maude. You know, other people have things to do. (laughs) It's not all monkey business. But I want it to be all monkey business. I bought the ticket for an ape movie. Well, we can't just spend all that time with that ape. I've got to go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> that produce isn't going to purchase itself. All you do is ogle women and get into interesting fights. I've got to go to the bank. <laughs> oh, it's- and we're just watching this. And it's like, oh, wow, Orville's mom's checking account's pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sheesh, I hope this fighting works out. Like, look, if you are going to insist on putting this character in this movie, at least have the scenes, uh, have her, you know, be accompanied by Clint Eastwood and the ape. Yeah. Don't have this other secondary character, who we also kind of don't really care that much about, driving her to the DMV. Well, this is kind of the main problem with this movie, is you would think, like, it's every which way but loose. That's where the plot is. It's Because, like, literally, there's... (laughs) It's it's almost like Pulp Fiction. Like, everybody's got their own thread going on. And sometimes they intersect in, you know, successful or unsuccessful ways. Could we get into my favorite set piece is where... It's Clint Eastwood's riding his ape around town just because, you know, he fucking got the ape, man. It's not your, it's not anybody's problem but his. Yep. And these two fucking bikers are next to him laughing at him, which they should be because it's funny to see an ape in a car. Hey, <laughs> pal, you're, you're giving your mom a ride. <laughs> and you say that to yeah. him? Oh, yeah. Sick burn. And one of these bikers throws a cigar at the monkey, which I, I don't think there's anything more ignorant than throwing a cigar at a monkey. And it, it's an ape, actually. It's an ape. I apologize. Well, Speaking it's anything more ignorant than being... <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. I, let's just call it Clyde. Hey, you know how to tell the difference? I read this on Wikipedia. Apes don't have tails. Monkeys, tails. And wait, which are the orange ones that are in charge of the planet of the apes? Those are orangutans, which is what Clyde is. Oh. So Clyde, you know, a couple more Coors Banquet beers in him. He's going to pick up a rifle and say... No, Whoa, and then man. start fighting. That drunk, that drunk orangutan is going to be running the country. Soon. Oh my god, that drunk orangutan is going to yeah exactly take over state by state. He's just going to take over. Would be an interesting rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it's just this drunk, gun wielding Second Amendment right uh, orangutan. Yeah, exactly. Or so yeah, I- this this scene, and you know, basically. Clint Eastwood's not having it, and he's chasing these guys down. They go through a car wash. It takes 25 minutes. Why? Now, what, you're chasing a truck. It goes into a car wash. Why? You're on a motorcycle. Why would you drive into a car wash on and, a motorcycle? And there's a line about, like, oh, we can hide from them in here. It's like, what? No, you can't. It's no. just a car wash. Now you're all wet and stupid. <laughs> at a cer- <laughs> and at a certain point, they see a train coming. They're like, hey, we better get out of town. So they jump off their motorcycles and hop on the rails. And this is also, by the way, after like Eastwood, there is, there's no mistaking what's going on here. He's trying to take their lives. <laughs> yeah. Like he's trying to run them down. Like he's in his pickup truck with the ape and they're on these shitty little motorbikes and he's trying to run them off to the road, right? Yeah. And it eventually gets to a thing where, like, and this is again, this monkey is a, uh, this ape is a lot like Chewbacca, right? Because they come to this part where this this street cleaner 
you know, this like street sweeper or whatever has right. been like spraying the road with something. And the ape sees the material on the road and knows that they're going to skid out and like jerks the wheel and the truck goes flying and like misses the skid and the motorcycle guys hit it and go flying off the motorcycles. This ape knows that like the road is going to be slick. Yeah. He's a yeah, master yeah. strategist is what he is. Much like Chewbacca, master <laughs> strategist of this, of space. <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca would never uh, take it out of hyperdrive too late or too early in the game. You know, like he, he knew it was just gone. right. Yep, just right. <laughs> just just outside of the sense, the imperial sensors. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they actually steal the street sweeper to chase after the bikers, which the ape starts driving at one point. She starts driving it. Unbelievable. Anyway, and it great crashes. Scene. It crashes into like a. It's like a, a produce cellar. And almost like kills a bunch of people, but it's okay. <laughs> well, that's, you're right. Shouldn't they be up, up like brought up on charges? Shouldn't yes. there be like a court appearance? I yes. mean, there should be a. He does get chased by the police in this movie, but the police should be chasing him for his violent behavior and for <laughs> having this unregistered, untethered monkey or, or ape or whatever the fuck. But also, the police start chasing him not out of police duty, but out of like a vengeance. Ven- yeah, they're like. I'm going on vacation and tracking him down. Because like, they what? also got beat up by Clint Eastwood. Because they bumped into him in a bar and he's an untethered lunatic. And he's like, <laughs> you fucking, you stepped on my bad shoes. Now I've got to kill you. Oh, yeah. And it's only like after he beats the shit out of them that the bartender in this one particular scenario is like, they are the cops. Because like it's a really good bar brawl. And he's like, call the cops. <laughs> and he's like, they are the cops. And he's like, uh, just drops this dude and walks away. <laughs> well, that's quickly drops the brains out of his hands and runs out of them. <laughs> oh, good. If they're the cops, that means I could kill them. <laughs> well, the thing is, why they're at that bar and what the sort of thrust of this movie, if there is one, because make no mistake, this is a blockbuster, but it's a lazy, jangly 70s blockbuster. Yeah, you're right. It's a late 70s blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's the it's the... It was the second highest grossing movie of 1978 behind Superman. <laughs> so Superman was, you know, you can believe, you'll believe a man can fly. And this is, you'll believe a man and an ape can hang out. Like that's, <laughs> that's just drink a lot of Coors <laughs> Banquet original. A, you'll believe a drunk can fight. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of falls in love with this, uh, honky tonk singer played by his then, uh, Clint Eastwood's then wife, Sandra They were Locke. never married. They were never married. Oh. Only dude and lady friend for oh, like yeah. 15 years or something. Like, she's in like, yeah, she's in both of these movies. She's in one of the Dirty Harry's. I think she's in Sudden Impact, maybe. Yeah, she's, I think they did like six or eight movies together or something like that. And there's some sort of interesting thing where like, she was supposed to be in, oh, she's also definitely in the Outlaw Josie Wales, but, she was supposed to be in some movie with Clint Eastwood, and the studio was like, yeah, you should stop making movies with her. <laughs> Wait, is she the ape, or is that the lady in the movies? <laughs> what, I can't have the ape in this movie? Like, Dirty Harry 6, the, it's him and the, ape. the ape plays a Congress video to protect? <laughs> Dude, I would love that, and they don't acknowledge whatsoever that it's an ape, mm-hmm. and it's just like making speeches at a podium, just like yelling and smashing things. And then it just whispers to someone, Hail Hydra. <laughs> Looks kind of like Gary Shandling. <laughs> <laughs> so this yep. lady, she's a singer. So she's a singer, and you know, like, Clint Eastwood's running his game on everyone who will listen. He, he tries it on some college girl. Oh my god, this <sighs> scene. Bro, 
press the brakes, Clyde. We got to talk about this scene. <laughs> this is amazing. This is a real like, oh, what's that? You don't want to have sex with me? Well, in that case, I'm going to humiliate you in public. <laughs> well, the thing is, she's there. She, he's just like, what, what, are you, what are you here for? And he, she's just like, oh, well, I'm re- actually, I'm not here to enjoy the music. I'm writing a paper on country western and culture and she's v- for USC. Not to defend Clint Eastwood's character in any way, but she's incredibly condescending yes. about about the music and about the, the culture and whatnot. Yeah, she's kind of like one of those characters from Meatballs that isn't having it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. she just came off of that bus. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a woman with self-respect, huh? <laughs> I'll fix this. <laughs> so, yeah, he gets, I guess he gets from Orville some dentures that I was his mother's or something? Or the apes? I don't like, know, what? but Orville knows exactly what he means by like, hey, Orville. And he does like a give me the thing <laughs> movement with his fingers. Like, this is not the first time they've done this trick on a woman before. Any woman that doesn't want to sleep with me gets a prank. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, lady. Hope you like rubber spiders. <laughs> I, I call I call it the wanker prank. <laughs> I hope you like reaching into buckets of popcorn. <laughs> Do you feel lucky? <laughs> I dare you to sit on this whoopee cushion. <laughs> You're sitting on something. <laughs> it better not be a whoopee cushion. <laughs> so she's eating, by the way. In this disgusting honky tonk, it's like clam chowder. It is straight up New England clam chowder. We're talking the white kind, man. Wrong coast, man. <laughs> Wrong fucking coast. And he's like, he's like, hey Orville, you know what to do. And he gives him like a half of a pair of dentures. Orville's and- got a gun. He's like, not yet, Orville. <laughs> That's no first the teeth gag. If that doesn't work, we'll kill her. <laughs> And he just dumps these dentures in the chowder and, like, mixes it up. And he's like, oh, back so soon, huh? Boy, that chowder looks mighty delicious. <laughs> and she, like, goes to pick up the spoon. And there's just this teeth in there. And she screams. And she knows right away that he did it. It's like, you pig, you know. And, and, and she leaves. And he's just like, that's what you get for not sleeping with me. Clyde, I'm going to be written about in an academic paper. (laughs) I'm somebody's thesis. (laughs) Words getting out. Clyde, I'm a source of cultural shame. (laughs) Someone's writing it up. So this lady plays a great set, and, you know, he buys her a beer, and immediately they hit it off. Like, like immediately, he's like, Hey, want to go for a ride? And she's like, that sounds like a great idea. You steely glared maniac. <laughs> it is a real zero to 60 situation. And I actually, I think I wrote something like, uh, yeah, fastest pickup ever. Cause he's like, mmm, yeah, sure is a nice day today. And she's like, no, I will have sex with you. <laughs> Orville's got the dentures. Like, no, no, Orville. <laughs> no need for the dentures. Just pass me some of the rubbers. <laughs> Yeah, right. (laughs) Orville will try, and then that's another. By the way, that was there's a note somewhere in this phone that just says a whole lot of pulling out. (laughs) Because he this is this is a dude who is not wrapping it up under any circumstances. Well, I mean, it says it right in his job title: bare knuckle, man. 
<laughs> I mean, when you're right, you're right. Hey, ba- hey, Big Al, are you sexually responsible? Used to be. <laughs> <laughs> so they're making out and like, yeah. you know, get get getting to be fast friends. And she's like, you know, oh, if I go get out of this town, you know, I just need a couple of grand to open my own bar. And he's like. Well, I got a couple of grand from killing people. (laughs) Killing people in the ring. Or more accurately, a ring that's just a circle of kegs indicating the fighting boundaries of whatever bout I'm participating in. (laughs) By kegs, you mean fat guy's guts. (laughs) By by the way, the rings that are involved, they change based on which blue-collar profession they're around at the time. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. One time it's in a a meatpacking plant. Another time it's... uh, Bunch by a bunch of like bricklayer bricks, you know, a bunch of yep. mason work. It's whatever union fight that he's a part of. You know what I mean? Because guaranteed, not one of these places is union free. Like these are all unionized dudes who, yeah. like, you know, that whistle blows, it's fighting time. We're off the clock. It's time for a brawl. That's kind of you know we talk about time travel fantasies. This is my time travel nightmare: is living in like. <laughs> 1970s rural blue collar garbage. You wouldn't make it a week. No, you'd be eaten alive. You can't read Rolling Stones without getting called an ed- an egghead. <laughs> well, the jokes on them. We got rid of all their jobs. <laughs> yeah. gave gave it to computers. <laughs> yeah, and computers and, can't fight each other. <laughs> and now there's every which way but loose events happening in Mexico right now. There's yeah, definitely a guy fighting another guy with a monkey around, or you know, or a dude fighting a chicken. Yeah, probably a lot of those. Anything goes. I'm surprised there's no cockfighting in this movie, or it's not even alluded to. Like Orville's, like, "Hey, Clint, you go fight that guy. I'm gonna go have these two chickens fight each other." And you know what? It would totally be one of those, uh, uh, you know, flip flopper things. Like he's upset that there's an ape in a cage. Guaranteed, this character would put a wager on cockfighting. Oh man, you know what? I just had a. If there was, you know, a Marvel shared universe of every which way but loose, walking tall cockfighter, <laughs> cockfighter with worn oats, yeah, it, it just, white dogs in there. Oh, it yeah. all kind of, and then at the end, they form a racist super team. <laughs> America for Americans. <laughs> you know, I don't... Th- that was a question I had about this character. Is Clint Eastwood's character in this movie a racist? You don't really know. I, yeah, I, I want to say no, because he does fight a black gentleman at one point, and there's no, like, I gotta fight who... You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna fight you like I fight anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, he, he seems a pretty, he's a pretty, pretty fair guy. Pretty easy going meat. We're all made of the same meat. Meat. <laughs> I actually wouldn't be. You know what? Maybe he's not a racist. Guaranteed, he'd try cannibalism. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> That's the Andrew Jupin guarantee. You're trying cannibalism. Well, he would at least get very close to it whenever this ape dies, because he is definitely going to barbecue it up, because <laughs> that's what Clyde would have wanted. If Clyde was killed in some sort of fight or something, or some motorcycle gang battle that they found themselves in, would he eat him? Oh, yeah. I think he would drag his <laughs> Is butt. that the Eric Siska guarantee? You're definitely eating that ape? <laughs> why? Why? Why waste the meat? He was a good friend of mine. Now he'll be forever with me. I'm okay. very into Native American mysticism. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And I mean, 
So Clint Eastwood's getting fed a line by this lady. Yeah. She, you know, it's a real line. She's it's like, it's a mile know. long. This line, I'll tell you what. And like, he's just a big idiot. Like, because I think he's just kind of mentally not so much there. Because him and this monkey really see eye to eye well, on these things. <laughs> he's gotten his. He's gotten brain damage from all the fighting. You know, yeah. There's a lot of bare knuckle boxing in this movie alone. And it's not his first rodeo, like this first no. fight we see him in. He is an expert at bare-knuckle boxing. And so, yeah, I would imagine you're getting kicked in the head an awful lot, or punched in the head, or head-butted, or throwing your head into something. Oh, yeah. A lot of head trauma. A lot of Big Al's fist coming at you. <laughs> coming at you. And so he's getting fed this line, and she's like, oh, if only I had seven grand. And, like, you oh. know... God. They make out, and he kind of casually lets go that he has this ape, and she's like, oh, really? Oh, that sounds so hot. You <laughs> bring him over. Ooh. You smell like a fucking ape. <laughs> that, that, that was, oh, that explains it. Yeah. And so the whole, the whole horseshit thing, and you know something's amiss at this point, is like, you know, sh- back at the honky-tonk, she was ready to go. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Totally DTF. And then we get here, and she's like, Oh, by the way, my boyfriend's in the trailer. And, and he's like, boyfriend, that's information I could have used before we left the honky tonk. You would have got the old denture trick. <laughs> hey, Orville, I wish cell phones existed. I could call <laughs> Orville to come here with his dentures. And so it's a thing where he's like, well, I'm going to go in there and straighten him out. And she's, <laughs> she's like, no. Like, no, wait a second. I'm just looking to have an affair. I don't want you to kill this man. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll take care of it. I just love this, like, this notion. It's just like, okay, well, you and I are dating now, and I'm <laughs> going to go tell your boyfriend that it's over. Oh, yeah. It's a real, like, you're mine now, said the caveman. Said the ape man. It's yeah, it's weird because the, the, there's no indication that she wants this to happen. And through this movie, one of his threads is, all I need to do is knock her boyfriend's teeth out, and then I win. <laughs> that's that's it. Is this If he gets a TKO on this dude, mm-hmm. she's his. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. So the next night, you know, she's like, all right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. He meets up with her again. And he's like, here's $7,000 for that honky-tonk bar you wanted. Oh, yeah. That's her whole thing is she's from Denver. Mm -hmm. She wants to move back to Denver, open up her own honky-tonk so she can play on the bill with, like, her band every night. Hacktown. Come on. You don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. And seven grand uh, goes towards her her bar. And, you know, Clint Eastwood gets to tend the rabbits, so it works out. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, there's no... You know, she's like, oh, that sounds great. But there's no her being like, and yeah, you could totally come. And yes, tend the rabbits, bare knuckle box, whatever you want to do. It's like, wow, that's that's really going to get me on my way. That sounds great. There's also something that aggravates him where she says, like, she's been saving up this money, but the dude is taking it. Yeah. And he's like, well, how much do you have saved up? And she's like, well, I don't know. He doesn't tell me the amount or whatever. So that really starts, you know, boiling his blood. He wants to straighten him out is what he wants to do. Man, I wish I was the kind of guy that could straighten somebody out. I mean, I can yell at somebody and give you a real, like, chewing out verbally. Mm -hmm. I can't do much for the the physical. Like, like he really just, like, gets some, like, Donkey Kong punches in on these people. Have you tried children? (laughs) I really should start just beating on kids and the way, see the way where it goes I, from there. The way I could straighten somebody out is if they're trying to buy Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I'm like, no, 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 no. Buy the first one. It's better. And they're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> 
Thanks for straightening me out, Steve. Appreciate it. Hey, that guy straightened out people's video choices. <laughs> You're welcome. So they go to a diner, by the way. Speaking of more fights, they go out to have a bite to eat. And it's a weird, like, Orville's the third wheel and doesn't care. It's also a weird, he's like, like Eastwood's like, we're going to go out for dinner now. And I want you to meet my friend Orville. And she's just like, okay, yeah, I'll meet Orville. And so, like, can you imagine, right? Like, here's this dude who's like, well, hey there, you're purdy. She's got to be somewhere in the back of her head, like, where's this going? He oh, yeah, did give me that $7,000. She's got her hand in her pocket doing the thing where you use your keys as brass knuckles, just <laughs> yeah. like waiting for somebody to make their move. Oh, yeah, it's the old bad neighborhood keychain bare knuckle preparation. I've done that. And yeah, I mean, this, it's amazing. These, like, these two bikers who are not the same two bikers, but different two bikers. But from the same biker gang. The Black Widows. This is when this. Who are white supremacists. Oh, yeah. A thousand times. So it's good that we, we, we do have some racists in here. And the racists are the bad guys. Yep. Yep. Which is, you know. That's, that's what you want racists to be in movies. Good for Eastwood for not signing up. Yeah, there's enough uh, swastik in this movie to make Frank Miller blush, but it's not, you know, nobody seemed to mind now, that, though. Now, are, do, are these swastikas full on, like, racist Nazi swastikas? Or I read that I read once that some punk bands used, the, not a punk band used the swastika imagery as, like, to represent the losing side and being losers. Uh, yeah, these guys are racist. Oh, okay. <laughs> these guys are racist bikers. Well, you just straightened something out. <laughs> nice. See, I can do it. And they kind of get into a fight because they're trying to, like, it's this weird thing, like, I don't know where you get off, like, buying some woman a beer who's at a table with two men. And you're just like, hey, I'm going to buy that lady a beer, show her what it's like. Because they, I mean... The whole thing with this biker gang is they like fucking with people and they think they're a lot tougher than they are. Yeah. My big question for this biker gang, the Black Widows, is the following. How do you have a biker gang that acts so tough, really walks the walk, uh, or rather talks, talks the talk and does not walk the walk? Because how do you not have a knife or a gun yep. on any of these guys? At one point, someone's got a chain. That's it. They find the chain from like a third location. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like nobody's got it on him. The only one who has a, a weapon of any kind is the bike gang leader who hilariously looks like a very piggish Brendan Gleeson. He looks exactly like Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> if Brendan Gleeson had monster makeup on, that's what this guy looks like. <laughs> it's it's the, the five seconds and 28 days later where <laughs> Brendan Gleeson is a zombie. It's this guy's whole life. Oh, after that little drop, little blood just gets in his eye, and he starts growling at everybody. So that's what this actor looks like, who's in a movie, uh, and uh, he's got like a riding crop because he's their leader. Yeah. So he's got to whip them all into shape. Like that's yeah, yeah. And, you know, cropping them all like a he's, horse. He's the guy wearing like the SS cap and stuff. But he's the most into being a neo-Nazi. Well, he's got a swastika tattoo on his on his big beer belly. Yeah. Yep. Per- important information because <laughs> good luck getting a shirt on this guy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I couldn't. I just thought it was such a fashion faux pas to wear that cap without a shirt. <laughs> Because you, your dress, that cap is a dress-up cap. I'm sorry. It's a real. It's it's part of a uniform. You've you need got, a starched shirt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you need a collar and buttons. Because yes. he's also got like the the dainty white scarf that's yeah. hanging down over the fat gut. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are, Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> Give me a break with this outfit. Yeah. 
And if it's that hot, wear a different hat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, switch it up, put on like a little, a little bucket cap or something. <laughs> so he takes these two guys outside. There's a lot of people saying, we're going to take it outside in this movie, which is an expression I've always been in love with. Like, let's take it outside. Oh, yeah. Pretty great. Uh, but the gag in this is like Orville keeps like eating his, his pot pie or whatever he's eating for dinner. And she's like, what's he going to do to them? You know? And, and he's like, Oh, he's going to straighten them out. Don't worry about it. And it's the gag is like the camera stays in the diner and you just hear all the fighting and there's some shadow work going on. And then like a big crashing sound. And it's like, then they cut and these guys are just stuffed in garbage cans. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they steal their motorcycles at this point. The whole gag is every yeah. time he, he takes down bikers from this gang. He steals their motorcycles and sells them. That's how it's not from boxing. That's how he gives her the seven thousand dollars. Oh. He sells the two motorcycles from the uh, the street sweeper train incident. He yeah. takes those motorcycles and sells them for seven thousand dollars. Grand Theft Auto. So he he gives her this money and he's like, "Now will you have sex with me?" And she's like, "Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Meet me at this spot tomorrow." Uh-huh. And then she fucking skips town. Yep, her whole home is gone because she lives in a trailer. Because that's you know this yeah. is actually the type of. You know, the, the typography of the film, trailer parks, dingy bars. Yep. Roadside cafes. Truck stops. Yep, exactly. Uh, it's kind of a nice tapestry. Ape barns. <laughs> Especially ape barns. The Albuquerque Zoo comes into play later. So this is when we got to hit the road. And like, all right, so she runs off with your money and Eastwood has this thing of like, Oh, no, her boyfriend must have kidnapped her. Yeah, it couldn't possibly be she conned him. It's, oh, no, she's been kidnapped. He's violent, and she wants my penis. Yeah. Plus, I already own her because I gave her $7,000. So now we're going to track her down. And it's just creep town. It's, it cre- it's like it's like a well-intentioned super creep move. Because, yeah, he's tending the rabbits. Like, he doesn't get how creepy this is. You know, he's not all there. And he's like, well, I'll just find her. She's missing, so I'll find her. She said she was from Colorado. Might as well look there. Wait a second. <laughs> That's a big place. And, and, and honestly, proper con next time. Don't tell them the town you're actually from. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I grew up in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. You know, also, I don't know. I'm not sure the, the uh, accurate geography here. If you're driving out of L.A. to drive to Denver. But yeah, how is it they blow through Albuquerque? They go through New Mexico. I mean, I guess you it's know, a they real. I think you. I think you could do that. Actually, yeah. It seems like it's not the most uh, like time efficient way to do that. But I, we're you just hitting what, the we, road. I would uh, hit up LAX for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you wouldn't drive in a pickup truck with a little trailer hitch on the flatbed uh, with, an with, ape? with with an ape shitting in the back? <laughs> <laughs> that's no, something I that's wouldn't. never addressed. By the way, is the ape is definitely shitting in the cab of that truck, mm-hmm. and oh, nobody's yeah. saying anything about it. This ape is not wearing a diaper. That's a big problem for me. Yep, because where's it going? Mm-hmm. Where's it going? The ape. Every the, which wh- way. <laughs> the ape, you know, he may know how to open a, a thing of Coors Banquet beer, but he doesn't know how a toilet works. Nope. So I'm sorry. You And also, if you want to have this ape speak English, use a can opener, mm-hmm. like whatever. He used a jukebox at one point. He totally does successfully <laughs> operate a jukebox. If all this happens, I need a scene where that ape, it's like, 
oh, what happened to Clyde? Toilet flush sound effect, and the door opens, and mm. he walks out of a bathroom. Yeah. But you never see it. So this ape is definitely defecating every which way but the bathroom. <laughs> yes. It's this, just what's happening. The toilet flush as he comes out reading Scientific American. <laughs> Uh, I would have guessed Highlights Magazine. <laughs> Start somewhere kind of simple if you're an ape and work your way up. No, it's the opposite. That's what Eastwood's reading. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Give me another hour. I'll find it. I'm trying to find the last lamp in this picture. <laughs> I've, I've successfully found six lamps. Oh, Wait. In this picture, the owl has only one eye open. And then Clyde's like, oh, this uh, new computer thing they invented might actually last a little bit. I think there's some future here. You boys better get yourself uh, on board. You know, we want what you want. uh, Civilization. (laughs) Large Hadron Collider. (laughs) Sounds good to me. And Orville just goes because Orville is just a beta male. And it's just like, whatever you say, boss. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this weird thing where they pick up, they instantly pick up Beverly D'Angelo and, and like she just gives up her life she's to work- follow these yeah. two creeps and an ape in a car. She's working at a farm stand. Her name's yep. Echo. What? Her name's Echo. Because that's the gag in this movie is every time she explains what her name is to somebody, they go, What? Echo. Oh, well, that's weird, ain't it? Well, anyway, continue with the movie. Also, here's my thing. Can't about- all be ape jokes. All right. Talk to you later. Man, how about a modern remake with Larry the Cable Guy? <sighs> I was thinking Channing Tatum. Ooh. Channing Tatum is the bare knuckle boxer. Larry Cable. Larry the Cable Guy is as uh, Orville. <laughs> no, or the, the ape. ape. Yeah, that's <laughs> the ape. He's doing some Andy Circus motion capture <laughs> technology. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, I'd go see that in the theater. That sounds like a pretty good movie. Fucking sky high. Go see that movie, man. Absolutely. So here's the thing about when you're on a road trip with a buddy and an ape buddy Mm. and you decide to pick up a pretty lady – uh, you have to say up front to this woman yep. that, oh, by the way, there's an ape in the back of the truck yeah. because she's riding with these guys for like six hours before she finds the ape. And at that point, she thinks it's a monster because it's the middle of the <laughs> ground. She sta- they're staying at one of those uh, those campgrounds of America sites, you yeah. know, yeah. which they get a big plug in this movie. And she's like, she goes to open the door to the flatbed or whatever. And she starts screaming like, there's a monster back there, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. That's just Clyde, our ape friend. And she's like, that doesn't make it any better, Clark. I just want Beverly D'Angelo to be yelling at Chevy Chase and anything she does. Yeah, yes. just, she has for most of her career. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great scene where, like, later in the movie, like, because, you know, Orville's got some game. He picks up De- Beverly D'Angelo right away. He's laying pipe the whole time. Oh, yeah. yeah they're and bad. He's closing that deal day of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point, I don't know, I think he's talking to the ape. Glenn Eastwood's <laughs> like, you know, I'm not like Orville. I can't, I can't make it with pretty ladies. I need my self-confidence is for shit. Yeah, he's talking about how, like, he's not able to put himself out there. And you're right, Steve. He is indeed bearing his soul to the ape. He's yeah, like, yeah, we got to follow her. She's the only woman I ever loved. Yeah, he's got this <laughs> line, like, about, like, how Orville has someone and I... I almost had someone. 
But that's what we're trying to find out here. <laughs> I almost hit road. someone, but that's what this movie's about. And then they, he gets so depressed by talking to this ape. <laughs> they decide, like, while these two are banging in, in the motel, he's gonna he's gonna go out on a fucking bender in Albuquerque with this ape with in tow. Ape. He goes to multiple dive bars with the ape. Ape's drinking there. He goes to a strip club with the ape. First of all, you're paying extra for that. You're <laughs> not getting in the door. I'm sorry. At some point, the bouncer is like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the cover's $10, but the ape cover's $25. You're going to be able to manage that? Uh, that's a $900, $1978 money. <laughs> well, I could, uh, uh, I don't have it, but I could work for it. You got anyone I could beat up? <laughs> Look. Let my ape friend in and have a good time, and I'll bounce a couple of these guys for you. You can take a break as the actual bouncer, and I'll be the fake bouncer. It's good because I get weirdly violent around sexual situations. (laughs) I'm through the roof right now, seeing all these pretty ladies. You can't tell, but my blood is boiling. (laughs) Boiling. So he gets so fucking drunk, he goes back to the motel at like two or three in the morning. Drives back to the motel, Eric. There is a ton of irresponsible drinking and driving in this movie. Drinking and driving and drinking whilst driving, by the way. Not only that, but also there's a scene where, I forget where, but he and the ape get picked up hitchhiking. (laughs) You're not pulling over. There's a guy got a hairy monster with him. I'm not pulling over for anybody, but I'm double not pulling over for anybody in anybody's ape, okay? <laughs> hey, stranger, where are you heading? Oh, uh, to the motel. By the way, I'm a f- professional fighter, and this is my <laughs> ape I won in a fight. <laughs> Peels out. Or that'll be $900, 1978 money to ride in this truck. So we, they get back to the motel, and he's just like, Wakey, wakey. <laughs> and pulls hey. the blankets off of Jeff, uh, Orville and Beverly D'Angelo. Hey, uh, you done fucking? Because I got something really stupid to do. And he's rambling. It makes no goddamn sense. He's like, he's just like, oh, I almost had someone. You have someone and he won't, he doesn't ever get anybody. It's just like, like the horrible single friend who's crying because you have a girlfriend yeah, or, yeah. or a boyfriend, you know, it's like, and I'm just going to be alone forever me and Clyde. And you know, apes can live like 80 years. So Clyde's going to outlive me and I'm going to die and leave them all alone. Uh, and I just had a, a picture of that fucking ape burying Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Dude, I'm picturing it now. It's like, it's like the freshly dug grave. The ape in tuxedo is standing at the foot of the grave like like paws closed in front of him like very politely standing there grieving okay Clyde uh, do you want to do the eulogy uh, here you go well that was beautiful Clyde <laughs> Clyde would you uh, like to be the first to throw dirt on the coffin he starts hucking shit at it <laughs> and that's why you don't bring an ape to a funeral so what happens here is the plot now is Clint Eastwood has decided everyone needs to wake up, get in the truck right now because he's going to drink and drive again to go to the zoo because Clyde needs to get laid. 
And it's this weird, he's like explaining it like, he just has to see you two fuck all the time. And he's probably, and you know, he's not stupid. He's not like a monkey. He's an ape and he knows what fucking is. And he wants to do it too. His blood is boiling too. Just like mine. When, really boiling. When Orville finally like puts it together, there's like this weird look on his face. He's like, where are we going to get Clyde laid? <laughs> At, I believe there's an at this hour thrown in there, and he's, uh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. basically like, a, well, you know, you know, Clint Eastwood, if this was during business hours, I know about six locations in Albuquerque city limits alone where I could get this monkey laid. I, I could sniff out a fight. I could sniff out, I could, I could sniff out a lady that would jerk off uh, an ape. I could, uh. He's just that guy. He's street, streetwise. Yeah. He is. <laughs> but the funny thing is, at this point, so they're all in the cab, and, you know, Clive's getting all revved up in the back. And if I'm Beverly D'Angelo, I'm just like, I was just like, we were just having a sweet, like, post-coital conversation. Now my, fr- now my, like, beta male fr- boyfriend is just jumping too because my, f- this fucking weirdo wants to get this ape fucked. Uh, <laughs> and I, by the way, I've known these people for three days. Yeah, exactly. She's thinking back to those sweet, sweet days at the, yeah. the roadside fruit stand. Like, yeah. sure, when, when we were introduced to Echo, she was getting harassed by some lady who was saying the melons were a buck cheaper down the road. But you know what? That was paradise. Paradise compared to this weird ape sex adventure that she's being thrust into. It'd be great if she was just like she looked at the camera, was like, "Well, but it's better than Charles Manson." Like that's, <laughs> that's her backstory. I mean, there's <laughs> Echo. She, Come on, in, yeah, in real right. life, she would grin and bear it, and then be gone. The next oh yeah, day, right? yeah, just just gone before dawn. Then just wait until they're both asleep. And the apes sleep. Although, can you sneak out on an ape? I bet they rise pretty easily. <laughs> That's how they keep her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clyde has to sleep by the motel door. <laughs> Going somewhere. <laughs> like, the ape wakes up when she's trying to sneak out. And then he instantly wakes up. And he gets up like like Eastwood just rises like a board. Like a <laughs> 90 degree angle. Nosferatu. Going somewhere. <laughs> She she puts a hand on the doorknob. The ape starts throwing shit at her. You know, Orville likes you awful lot. You're staying. <laughs> You're his girlfriend now. I need to keep all these women in line or else they'll just all go to Colorado without me. You know what really makes my blood boil? When people open the door in the middle of the night, it really makes my blood boil. Then a pile of shit slams against the door right next to her head. I killed Big Al. What the fuck are you, little girl? <laughs> so, as, as we know by now, they're on the road trying to go to Colorado, but hot pursuit. I feel like we need to check in. Fucking cold on the trail. The bikers are trying to find Eastwood, and by the way, Eastwood's name is Philo? Yeah, yes. Philo something or other. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was amusing. <laughs> And the bikers go to Orville's mother's house and, like, want to know where he is and stuff. And this is where we get a little action set piece involving Granny and a shotgun. Yep. Just shooting these motorcycles, and they're just exploding. Oh, she's got a god killer, man. Yeah. And she's hitting the gas tank on every one of these (laughs) motorcycles. Ruth Gordon's just sitting there. And, like, it's one of those things where... I mean, you know, she didn't live much longer after this movie. And I mean, she is just 
rambling. Like, mm. yeah, oh, you said you couldn't take care of myself. I'll leave an old lady to her own devices. And she's like talking <laughs> over firing this god killer. She does not stop for a breath once. It's like nonstop. Like the bikers come up like, excuse me, ma'am, have you seen Philo blah, blah, blah? And she's like, well, who would want to know? Blah, blah, blah. And it just keeps going until the scene's over with. Mm-hmm. And it's not funny. It's not fun. Nobody's being entertained by this. Yep. I was so t- it was I've only seen this movie once like for this episode. I if I had seen it beforehand, I would have fast fucking forwarded, man, cuz it's useless. It's so useless. Secondary useless thread is the police officer and Ugh. his deputy. So they got into a fight like, you know, like Philo was all pissed off because he found out that uh, What's-Her-Face skipped town, so, and he bumps into the, the cop, and the cop gives him lip. They get into a fight. The next day, the guy, this, guy, this cop has got a black guy. He's relaying to his deputy, like, well, I'm taking medical leave, and I'm going to find this son of a bitch, and I'm going to end it. And it's like, <laughs> wait, why? I mean, basically, every ending of this movie is the ending to Easy Rider, except the actual ending of this movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like, someone finally finds these dudes and ends them, right? Like, the cops want to end him, the bikers want to end him, like, and none of that happens. But you're just like, okay, we have to stop the the crazy monkey sex adventure. <laughs> To go back, <laughs> we have to go back 45 minutes to where the rest of these characters are because, like, they're, like, three states out. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the movie's like, oh, maybe we should just follow the main characters so we, too, can stay in the movie. Yeah, and there's, like, you know, there's a fucking brawl at a diner with the fucking hillbillies. And who cares? Who oh, could right, care? Yeah. There, there, there is <laughs> who could really care? <laughs> it's like we, we keep on showing you like how, how much losers these bike, these bikers are and like yeah. how great, like honest truck driving Americans can be, you know? Yeah. Cause they pick a fight with like an old fat trucker. Yeah. This, and this guy's like, you know what? Keep, keep the coffee coming, sweetheart. I'm going to go, go outside and take care of these boys. And I'm like, Oh man, this guy's going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. He's pretty dumpy. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> tough though. He's big and fat and tough. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like you're you're fucking gristled, old, tough fat man and you're not gonna <laughs> take it anymore. <laughs> But that's what I don't get, though. All these bikers are fat. Yeah. yeah but there's, only, there's, <laughs> the one, there's the only the one guy who looks like Khan's number two in, in Star Trek. Yeah. That, like, real chiseled motherfucker with the long hair. Yeah. There's, like, almost a clone of that guy in this movie. But every one of them is just a fat moron. But they're terrible at fighting. Except for, yeah, except for the uh, the right kind of fat moron. And they, they, they beat the shit out of you him. You gotta yeah. be a fat moron, but you also gotta be a working stiff, yep. I feel, is the other thing. Yes. If you don't have work ethic, you can't kick anybody's ass no you gotta be you got that collars better be blue now <laughs> also in addition to getting their asses kicked by these truck drivers one, one guy pull, pulls in with his truck and then runs over all of his bike all the bikes the black widow's bikes so how many goddamn motorcycles are being destroyed and how many are they buying what is going on i think that's the gag is like the biker gang is slowly being depleted it's like sometimes you see dudes riding like two to a hog yeah or like uh. there's some with like a hilarious sidecar attached you know but other than that like if you're losing bikes like you're losing bikers yeah. so like this gang is slowly just defeating themselves is is what we're led to believe it'd I be think. great it'd be great if like the motorcycle gets destroyed and the guy just like applies for a job at the diner like well i guess i live here now <laughs> <laughs> this is my life in case we didn't understand that this lady was totally playing philo you know, there's all these scenes where, like, we cut from them being on the road looking for her 
to uh, her just like meeting up with dudes and pulling the same routine on these fellas that she pulled with Eastwood. And you're like, okay, I get it. Like she's running a scam on these people. That's her bag. Like, okay, total. Oh, we're going to do it a fourth time. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's the weird thing. It's like you would think the movie has to be on Clint Eastwood's side and the movie is on Clint Eastwood's side because yeah. like he always wins the fight. You know, he's got all the quote unquote, the best lines, you know, like, <laughs> so you would think the movie would follow suit and like he would, she would have been kidnapped by this scumbag ex-boyfriend or whatever. You know what I mean? Like right. she would be the victim that he's coming in to save, but no, he's just, he's just trying to even some weird score. Cause his blood is boiling. It's just boiling. And that it's not coming down from the boil <laughs> is the problem. Speaking of this blood boiling at this point, he looks at his wallet. And it starts to really boil. And he's like, Orville, get us a fight. You know, you know what? The vacation fund's running kind of low. Better find us a fight so we can re-up. This is where he... spent a grand getting that monkey laid. <laughs> Orville goes to like a, a nasty-ass Santa Fe uh, billiards club, sniffs out a fight. The guy's like, you know the meat packing plant? And Orville's like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> How many could there be in this town? <laughs> the guy looks like Frank Zappa, by the way. He that totally yes. does. It's like, it's like if David Schwimmer went as Frank Zappa for <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> That's what this guy looks like. So they get to the plant. You know, there's meat everywhere. And uh, they have themselves a big old brawl with this giant guy. Like, yeah. he's like got a foot on Easter. He looks probably. like an adobo from Double Dragon. <laughs> And you know, by the way, kudos to this movie. It's 1978. We're fighting around a lot of meat, and not one rack of ribs gets punched. Well, and this is- not one health inspector. Hey, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are go- these would go to a bunch of jack in the boxes the next day. <laughs> oh yeah, totally covered in Clint Eastwood's blood. Yeah, gristle and all. Yeah, these are fine. <laughs> Send them out. Carl's Jr. can have them. I mean, this scene ends with Beverly D'Angelo's gun, which doesn't come to anything. Like she basically, like they're trying to stiff him on the money, and like right because he uh, he obviously wins. He kicks this guy's ass. Yeah, it's and- a real fair and square fight. And then the, he's like, you know, oh, give me the money, and he's like, well, what money? Says Frank Schwimmer. Yeah. So Echo shoots the gun in the air and then shoots a piece of meat to show that she means business. Yeah. It'd be great I don't know why if, if like this that. movie was kind of like, and it kind of is set up like the color of money. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like one night, you know, Beverly D'Angelo and Orville are going out on their own, their own time. And like, you know, to keep his skills sharp, Clint Eastwood tries to get into a fight, but he picks it with Forrest Whitaker and just, <laughs> and just gets taken for everything he's worth. That's, this movie needs one of those scenes, you know, like where he really meets his match. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen. Right. Like, he does lose a fight at the end of this movie, but he throws it yeah. Yeah. for no reason. Nope. We'll get there. We're, we're almost there, but we'll get there. So they, they, they wind up in Colorado, and the first – well, actually, first, uh, they – there's this great fishing scene. This is where the yeah. policeman meets his end. Is like <laughs> the end. They're, they're buying all this beer. Beverly D'Angelo has my favorite line in this movie, and she's like, man, there's nothing – do you think? Do you think? 
man, nothing goes better together than fishing and drinking beer. And it's like, oh, man. Really? And Orville is rock hard. He's like, oh, man. Lady of my dreams. Yeah, yeah. So they're at this, like, bait shop, you know, this bait and tackle shop there. And they're getting, like, you know, worms and and fly fishing things. Hey, is is this the one Philo said he wanted? Yeah. Uh, What about Clyde? Does he eat worms? Like, just yells out, like, Philo. Like, they're technically on the run, right? Yeah, like, right, yeah. N- not really, but, I mean, they- they've crossed a lot of people, so you shouldn't be throwing names out. And so the cop and the deputy are in the store, like, say, Philo. Well, that's just a crazy enough name that it has to be Clint Eastwood. Let's kill this guy, finally. <laughs> so it's a weird, like... Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, uh, Echo, and uh, uh, Orville are off doing their thing. You know, we're at another Campground of America site. Yeah. And Clint Eastwood is just in this river with just the Dickies work pants and these boots just fishing. A there's hat, no shirt. Fly fishing up to his fucking groin and there's just moss everywhere. And he's not changing these pants afterwards. The athlete's foot. I'm telling you, it's got to be terrible. Terrible. Maybe. Speaking of boiling, his toes are boiling. <laughs> Maybe that's his problem with the ladies, huh? <laughs> I don't like taking my socks off in front of women. Jeez, this guy's probably got athlete dick. <laughs> <laughs> my dick smells worse than the monkeys. <laughs> At least he's got God. natural antibodies oh, to fight that stench. <laughs> Speaking of uh, STDs. Not to get too off track, but when we <laughs> no, by all means, when we meet Echo, and she's getting harassed by that lady at the fruit stand, like the way Orville introduces himself to her is he goes up to the lady who's harassing her and whispers something in her ear, and this lady gives out a big like, "Well, I never harumph," and like storms off. So like a day later, she's like, "Hey, Orville, by the way." When we met, what did you say to that lady to make her go away so fast? And he goes, I told her you had the clap. And then Clint Eastwood starts laughing. He's like, oh, yeah, I I told her you were diseased. She would be buying diseased person fruit. And then to flirt with her, by the way, he holds up two cantaloupes like breasts. And the it works, rest man. is history. Oh man, it works. Try oh. it at home. Oh, you know what? You just you just showed you just mocked my uh, my reproductive system. I'm gonna follow you around the country. Well, I I was trying to say it's delicious. I, I, hey, I said nice melons. What do you want? That's the joke. It doesn't work if I'm not holding melons. <laughs> So Eastwood's fishing in this river, and, like, the cops find him, and the guy is, like, the sheriff says to the deputy, like, all right, you walk around all the way. It's a lake. I I said river earlier. It's a lake. He's, like, you walk all the way around to the other side of the lake so you can get, like, the clear shot just in case he gets away from me. So this dude runs off, and he's, like, ready to blow his fucking brains out. Well, that's what they've been trying. He's on medical leave to kill this guy, Andrew. (laughs) If he gets sick for the rest of the year, he's got to come into work. By the way, he's like, well, at least I killed that guy. Yeah, and he's also, you know, obviously he's not not using his badge here. This is just, I'm going to go to another state far away and murder someone. It's strict vengeance. Man, this is a crooked cop. (laughs) Man, I can't believe I got the clap. Used all those sick days trying to hunt that monkey lover. <laughs> Never did find him, though. Oh, well. 
so it's so stupid. Like he pulls the gun on him, and Eastwood's like kind of actually scared. He doesn't know who he is because he clearly doesn't remember. He's beaten up so many dudes <laughs> in between this fishing expedition, and when he beat the shit out of this guy the first time, so he's like, "Who are you?" By the way, I can feel my blood starting to boil. <laughs> and then Eastwood starts getting like a little bite on the line while he's fishing. So the whole joke is like the guy is giving him advice as to how to reel in this big whopper of a catch. It's an Elmer Fudd bit. bit. Yes, you know what I mean? it's totally it, Looney Tunes. It's also a deus ex fishiner because <laughs> there's, you know, if that if that fish didn't bite the line at that particular moment, Eastwood's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, he's Milo's just his, gone. his brains are just in that lake for the fish to then eat. So it gets to the point where the dude is like, "Give me the line, give me, give me the reel," and <laughs> and the guy then like puts his gun away and stuff. So now the guy's like fishing instead of murdering, which is what you came all this way for. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Like, that's exactly what we're dealing with Oh, man, it'd be great because, like, you know, if if that doesn't happen, you know, Eastwood gets blown away, and then they go away, and for whatever reason, Orville can't remember where they parked the car, and Clyde (laughs) just bakes and bakes and (laughs) bakes in that trailer until he dies. As much as I love that grim ending to this movie... (laughs) A more fun... Every which way but lose. <laughs> just the sun setting and the apes just banging on the, the compartment. Let's just see the truck shaking and then it stops shaking. Final guitar twang, fade to black. But if this ape, like, so Eastwood dies, right? And Orville, they get chased out of town or something. Or maybe the sheriff even kills the two of them. Sure. Doesn't know that the ape's in the truck, right? The ape, because we've already seen that he knows how to drive a car, Uh the ape starts following the sheriff and the deputy and (laughs) seeks revenge on them. Becomes like an Anton Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, if this ape just killed the sheriff with an air gun, oh yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) He's choking him on the ground with a big grin on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Then he just throws a bunch of shit on the dead bodies. But... By the way, the way Eastwood finally gets this cop is by beating him in the face with a fish. Oh yeah, he smacks him right in the mouth with this big old whopper of a fish that he catches. And then he run, then then he runs around. He just knows there's another guy there. He just I knows, guess. Yeah, he somehow knows. He climbs a tree, jumps on the guy. Uh, uh, we assume beats the living shit out of him. And or murders him. Yeah, you don't see it because it's off camera. It's like just below frame. Yeah. But we know Eastwood is successful because he bounces back up into frame in slow motion with that shirt still off and you just hear the Tarzan scream. Like this, like a sample. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Orville's <laughs> like across the lake going like, huh, you must be spending too much time with Clyde. Because you can tell that Tarzan scream was him, I guess. Oh, he's starting to turn into an ape. That's weird, isn't it, Beverly D'Angelo? This uh, this beating that he lays on the sheriff, by the way, is no joke. Oh, it's brutal. It's a real just – and in movies, and also in real life, because I did see it happen one time in real life, anyone getting the shit beat out of him on, like, the bank of a body of water, oh, it's always the best place for a beating. (laughs) You saw this in real life? I saw this in real life happen one time. I saw this dude get his ass kicked, right? It was like a – 
real nice like gated community right and oh, like perfect. behind all the houses it was like a circular road kind of a the thing dark underbelly behind all the houses there was this big like not big enough to be a lake but like an oversized pond right and everybody was drunk and somebody said the wrong thing to the wrong guy and this dude got his ass kicked right on the water and it's like wet punches getting thrown oh, oh man and you and the best is when you win a fight like that you have the glory of just leaving that person in the water <laughs> and someone else has to help them out like that's what happened and it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen in my life and that that and the fighter is now serving nine to life i think right now the cops came and broke up the party and everybody ran away but I, that's how that ends that's that's how that's how you get away with stuff in suburbia you just run when the cops come so speaking of the beating that he laid on this guy it goes so severe that eastwood's like Hey, that must be their car. I'm going to push it into the lake. He loves destroying other people's vehicles. The yeah. property damage he gets away with in this movie. Like, yeah, you want you know what, dude? You want to beat the shit out of me? We're even. Don't destroy my way home. Yeah. Or my way to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, he might be able to drive himself to the emergency room. Can't have that. Norman Bates into the swamp. <laughs> Mother wouldn't like it. <laughs> Cut back to Ruth Gordon. Like, no, I wouldn't. I'm a character in this movie. <laughs> Ugh, I hate yeah. it. Then, then it turns into when the bite. Like, finally, we're in, uh, you know, this Colorado town. It's where what's her face is, uh, and the Lynn, bi- yeah, Lynn, Lynn, yeah. yeah, and the biker gang catches up with Clint Eastwood. And he just, you know, there's a really bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly reference. Really, they do the old, which happens in more Eastwood movies than you think. Yeah. Like, um, I think in Kelly's Heroes, towards the end, they do it as well. And it's just like, I get it to a degree. Like, if you replace the ape with, like, another dude, you know, they're on the search for a missing lady. It's kind of like a Western plot. But, like, this is is the scene where it gets most Western because they're in, like, a mining town. There's no one around. And, like, the bikers just roll in. And he beats the shit out of all of the bikers. Oh, (laughs) every last one of them. Meanwhile, Orville is too distracted by he's marveling at the wonder that is a garbage truck. It's a real look at that truck and when i saw i was like oh is he talking about a truck that's behind that garbage (laughs) truck no he's just really excited about this garbage truck that has a forklift on it and thank goodness it has a forklift on it because it's another opportunity to destroy some more motorcycles yes he's just while while eastwood's fighting these guys he's just throwing each motorcycle in the back (laughs) and crushing it it reminded me of the end of the original ninja turtles when casey jones murders the shredder straight up murder in that movie the shredder gets his you know he falls into the garbage truck and oh i'm all wet with garbage you're like oh that's a kid's movie and casey jones goes oops and like turns it on and crushes him the comical murder and that is such horseshit because in that second movie yeah where they totally show you the scene from the first one yeah you're not like i've seen those things up close do their magic i've seen <laughs> things the garbage trucks that have oh, the presses I you on meant, them? like no, Ninja I, Turtles. No, I wish I saw. I wish Andrew I saw. Andrew was at a suburban party with the Ninja Turtles. Dude, the Ninja Turtles showed up and started beating the shit out of this kid that was claiming that he was the Shredder. And they were like, no one pretends to be the Shredder. And they beat the shit out of this kid in the lake, and it was awesome. 
No, but like you know, you you're like parked next to like in the city a lot. Yeah. You know, when you drive around, yeah. Yeah. heaven forbid you get stuck behind a garbage truck, you're gonna be forty five fucking minutes late for work. You know, and so I've I've seen these things. I've seen them crush desks and metal chairs and just like. Iron bedposts just like just destroy and these well armored Asian men. <laughs> and That's the, shredder. Yeah, and then you're telling me the shredder isn't popping like a balloon in that thing. <laughs> Give me a break, Ninja Turtles movie. If you knew there was going to be a sequel, which you could probably have guaranteed this was going to be a pretty big successful movie. Yeah, don't kill him, don't, yeah. there, there can't be a we whoops. can rebuild him. We have the technology from Dimension X. See now, if it they already had Michael Gambon signed on for the Rat King for the next movie, <laughs> and then it fell through. That would have been awesome. But if like, ah, whatever that ninja, that second Ninja Turtles movie is so stupid. We'll get to it. Stay tuned. Yeah, that's that's a that's a sooner than you think. Stay tuned. And uh, so finally, he beats the shit out of all these people. The the the, the motorcycles get destroyed <laughs> every which way but loose. They're destroyed. These motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> and they all steal this garbage truck, and you know Clyde gives everybody the finger, and it's funny because there's nothing funnier than an ape giving the finger. Yeah. And finally, he runs into Lynn at at her honky tonk bar, and she's just playing it like she played the last one. You know, it's almost as if this is her script. You know, well, she it's actually, also a weird. They he runs into her initially. Uh, Just well, before he, the fishing thing, I he, think, right? Yeah, he's like, you guys are going to stay and fuck by the lake. I'm going to go for a run. And he's I'm just, the Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna troll some other campgrounds in the area. See if I can break up a domestic picnic or two. What's your side? <laughs> Man, that should have been the Zodiac's calling card, by the way. How that killer fucked that up. <laughs> But he's jogging down oh, the road, and she drives by, and she's she's about to slow down to try to pull another con yeah. until she realizes that it's Philo, and she's like, oh, fuck, and starts, like, speeding up, and he, like, runs down this truck, like, wait a minute, my blood's starting to boil less, stop, I love you. Okay, and then cut to extreme sex scene. It's a, it's. It's a really weird sex scene. It is like you don't know where the setting is. It's yeah. all black. It's in extreme close-up. It's the two of them fucking. You have no idea where anything's being put. Like you don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then it's just like Well, it's it's the old I better have sex with this guy or he'll kill me. Yeah, and then it's like, way but loose. It's just cut back to Okay, so I'll see you tomorrow when I straighten out that boyfriend of yours. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay. Hey, by the way, can I have another $7,000? It's Certainly. Like, <laughs> she find, she like, like, he's been a psychotic. He went across the country to find her. I'll have sex with him. Maybe he'll go away. Yeah, exactly. Maybe this is what he's looking for. Whatever. Yeah, like if a guy travels from Pacific time to mountain time. <laughs> he, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, maybe. He gets sexy time then. Yeah, then it's six o'clock. Is and, what you know, it's amazing me. because she's like, I'll meet you at this Mexican restaurant. It's like, oh boy, a date. And, <laughs> you know, this is when they get stood up and he's like, I won't bring my monkey on a date. I read an Esquire. It's inappropriate. <laughs> And, you know, like, that's what they get said. Clyde, you left your Esquires in here with my highlights. (laughs) (laughs) An interesting interview with Richard Milhouse Nixon. Oh, this has to be Clyde's. (laughs) I accidentally read a short story by John Cheever until I realized it was Clyde's New Yorker. (laughs) 
<laughs> certainly enough, you know, you know, he gets wasted at the at the Mexican restaurant and he goes looking for her and he finds her in this in Because this- it's it's called fucking like Lynn's honky tonk or some <laughs> shit. Like she successfully opened the place yeah. with and, his seven thousand dollars. And she's in the parking lot trying to run another scam on another dude because she's always running scams on people, even so in her many hometown. Scams. And you know, he shows up and he's like you missed the Mexican restaurant. I brought you a taquito. And she's like, are you fucking thick, man? Like, get it. Just finally fucking get it. And also, she is talking to this dude. He thinks that this dude is the boyfriend. Yeah. So he's walking up to them, like, getting ready to throw the fuck down with this dude. And this yeah. guy's like, well, who's this guy? Like, this dude is clearly like... Hey, buddy, get out of here. Like, I, th- I, I thought this was about to be my time to shine. What are you doing? He's like, you better get out of here because the temperature of my blood is reaching boiling levels. <laughs> the sexual mystique, in the, the sexual musk in the air is making my blood boil. <laughs> Can you smell that? It's horny anger. Man, Clint Eastwood in horny anger. Sign me up. <laughs> Not anymore. No, this is what it. This is the creepiest, weirdest part of this movie is when, yeah. like, you know, she's yelling at him, and it's like the final. You know, it's. I don't. It's not even the she's all that scene. It's the fucking you're too thick scene. It's a, you're just a fucking moron. Scene. It's like get out of here, Lenny. The scene, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. She has to finally like start hitting him and scratching him. Well, to this be dude, like, get this, away. This other dude, right? Could, so there's the one dude. He he's like, all right, fine. I, I don't want to get involved in this. I'll go back in this honky tonk and try my luck. Your again. neck cords are really freaking me out, man. I gotta get out of here. So then this other dude who looks like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road era Elton John <laughs> comes out of nowhere. <laughs> And he's like, he's like the pimp of the yeah. situation. And she's like, oh, this is, uh, 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 I think his name is Skyler mm. or something. And he's, and she's like, oh, this is Skyler. And he's like, that's the guy. And she explains the situation and he kind of figures it out. He's like, so what are you working for him? And she's like, yes, you fucking moron. Like, this is what's happening right now. Yeah. How do you not get that? And he, and he like, he has like a, a line that he's like, how he was the only one that wanted to take her more than just her bed or something. And like, I loved you for nine minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you made me forget about my ape. I was ready to give up the ape for you. So <laughs> speaking of apes, this is where she, she hits him like, like the Henderson saying goodbye to Harry. <laughs> the Harry get the out of here. You just get out of here. You big fucking moron. But it, this, this scene, you know, like in Sin City, when Quentin Tarantino directed that one scene, this scene was directed by Ken Russell because it's, <laughs> it's a POV yes. shot of this woman going ape shit with her claws and like yeah it's the scariest moment i've ever kinda, seen it was kind of working for me <laughs> doing it for you it's so and like yeah it, ken russell's oh, so smart uh of a reference like the camera is flying all over the place he's like putting the camera like underneath them and yeah. it's just shaking all over the place it's really disorienting suddenly some guy's playing a flaming piano <laughs> like okay <laughs> There's a bunch of ceramic cocks everywhere. (laughs) For sure. But it's so strange. And that's the end of this character. And it's like, that's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. And then he he says to uh, Orville, he's like, like, well, I just got stood up by what turned out to be a prostitute. (laughs) He says, uh, it was the long con, (laughs) but I'm the reason it was a long con. It's a con that should have lasted 55 to 75 minutes, but it lasted for four weeks. 
And he's like, go find me. Get a line on this dude who's like <laughs> Tank whatever. Tank Murdoch, I think his name Tank, yeah. yeah, Tank Murdoch. Like this infamous, like he is the king of bare knuckle boxing. And he's been peppered references throughout. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like everyone says like, oh, how good are you? You good as a Tank Murdoch, you know? Right. And he's like, well, well, I ain't as good because I haven't fought him yet. So I don't know. But probably if I get to kill this woman, maybe I'll be as good as Tank Murdoch used to be. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, he's so angry from what happened with the woman. He immediately wants a fight that night. He's going into the ring. He's still like bleeding from this this Lynn beating the shit out of him. And it's weird because it's the only time he ever bleeds in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you know what, Steve? Uh, He's bleeding because on the inside, his heart is bleeding. And that's Uh, just his his heart blood coming out through his nose. Let's be honest here, fellas. A woman can cut deeper than any man could. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's absolutely true. First cut is the deepest. Baby, I know. So anyway, Tank Murdoch is found at a fucking tire yard or something. And this man is... Jeez, you thought the last guy was dumpy. <laughs> you know, exactly. He's like Ben Grimm. If, if you, like, <laughs> turned him back into a person after he was the rock monster, and it didn't all work out. It's like when a really big, fat person, like, well, she a great big, fat person, like, loses a lot of weight. But it was like when John Popper got that stomach staple surgery, but he still just looked like a fat guy. Yeah. It's like if, if, if the thing was made out of a balloon and you popped it, and then it just was like... <laughs> And just sag down, like he's still a fat guy underneath the fat. Like there's fat, like there's obese fat, and then there's like fat fat underneath yeah. that. And you still have the fat fat, but you have like the shape of the obese fat that's just like slinging down off you. So we're that's say- what Tank yeah. Murdoch looks like. We're saying he's got a lot of character. <laughs> we'll say he's the toughest guy in this movie. Yeah, he's the toughest guy in six states. Tank, his name is Tank Murdoch. And he's got a really, so, you know, we're, we're getting ready to fight. Eastwood takes his shirt off, and that means it's fucking go time. Tank Murdoch keeps that t-shirt on. <laughs> and Tank Murdoch's got a weird fighting style. Like, he doesn't close any fists. He's just got, like, two, like, wide bear claws that he's swiping at him It's kind of like a, it's like fighting like a professional wrestler. Yeah. Oh no, he's going with the open palm. <laughs> Slap. There's so much slapping in professional wrestling. So I mean it gets they're, they're they're fighting back and forth. It's getting pretty intense. You know, Eastwood's got him on the bricks, I guess. There's no ropes. <laughs> no ropes. <laughs> he's either hanging off bricks or tires or something. Yeah. A flaming barrel. And this is you know, this is turning into last year's WrestleMania, you know? Tank Murdoch won all twenty one WrestleManias. <laughs> and here he comes. He's about to fight yeah. this upcomer, you know. Yep, yep. And you know, you think it's gonna go Tank Murdoch's way, but he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Just getting the shit kicked out of him. And it's like at the beginning, yeah, you're right, Eric. Like he he is kind of giving Eastwood a run for his money because yeah. he really can throw a hard punch. But yeah. he's big and fat and out of shape. And Eastwood's like just as tall, but he's very physically fit. So clearly, he's beating the shit out of this fat yes. guy. Yeah. Know? And I just I don't get the end of this movie. Like I think it's a it's a weird because you hear all the guys in the fight circle yelling like he's the new Tank Murdoch. Once he gets Murdoch down, he's our new champion or whatever. And I think he's thinking like I don't want to be owned by these men <laughs> or something, you know? Because like well, he just throws the fight. He throws because because I I mean I think the idea is like he has res- he kind of has a respect for Tank Murdoch and he knows that Tank Murdoch's old and and sh- and shitty and tank murdoch knows that now and now 
He's going to give Tank a chance to get out on top. Yeah, right. Like yeah, okay. Yeah, so intact. it's like he thinks this, like this is gonna well, be someday, fight, someday he'll be in Tank Murdoch's shoes, and some you know some youngster is going to be beating the shit out of him. And I think he's still a little raw over the whole Lynn incident. You know what I mean? Like the whole hearts- the whole being fake duped by a prostitute. I, I, I can't have Lynn and my hero Tank Murdoch both hate me the same <laughs> night. <laughs> I hope Clyde forgives me for throwing this match. Speaking I'm going to Cl- get an earful. <laughs> Speaking of Clyde, by the way, just nowhere in this movie. The, at all. Th- like, th- this is what we were talking about. Like, Tank Murdoch needs to have an ape companion. Yep, exactly. And they, they both just start doubling down, fighting these guys. Or maybe as, like, a fucking wolf. You know what I mean? Like, I'm into that idea. <laughs> I would love to watch the Dragon Tank fight a wolf. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That would be pretty great. Mail that idea to Channing Tatum. He's making this movie. I read, I read about it. I read about it in Variety. Clyde, you have to fight Grey Wind. <laughs> Tank Murdoch and Grey Wind. Tank Murdoch's dire wolf. You can, <laughs> you can get him. You can get him, boy. He's got the speed, but you got the power. <laughs> so, I mean, he just throws this fight, and Tank Murdoch like, lays one right on the chin, some sweet chin music. And Orville's like, oh, Fuck, man, we're not going to eat tonight. And Eastwood gives him a wink, like, don't worry. I still got it, Orville, even though we just lost all of our money. Don't worry. Just find another fighting ring somewhere, maybe just outside of the Denver city limits. But they've probably bet all the money they have. Yeah. Right. So, But here's the thing, though. Then you just put the monkey up for collateral. (laughs) Because you know if it's a surefire thing. Tank, can I I interest you in some monkey steaks? (laughs) Now, what am I going to do with a monkey? <laughs> what do I- well, I thought maybe you could eat it. <laughs> Orville and Philo's Ape Steaks. <laughs> now a new tangy barbecue. It's like that Omaha Steak Club. Back <laughs> <Yeah>. Limit- <laughs> now, limited resources available. <laughs> Nothing bites better than a Bubba Burger. New Bubba Ape Burgers. This is a, this is a Law & Order SVU episode where they randomly rescue Clyde. <laughs> At the end, at the end, Kragen's giving it a big old hug. Hugging this monkey. <laughs> this monkey looks tired. Go to bed. Man, that is the dumbest episode of that show. 15 years that show's been on the air. That's the dumbest episode, hands down. And I mean, there's been some dumb episodes of that show. Oh, yeah. There's been some really flat out stu- They sent an NYPD detective undercover to the Czech Republic. <laughs> so then, the, like, that's it. Like, they get back in the van. Every which way but loose kicks back in. Eddie and, Rabbit starts playing. <laughs> and we're just on the road. And it's fade out. Oh, uh, by the way, we cut back to Ruth Gordon for no reason. And she's getting an eye exam from oh. Bruce from Bruce Dern's grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's like, doesn't understand why the guy's like... Like, well, you got to stand there now for your picture. <laughs> My what? Because he's trying to make a move, and he's like, I'll give this dangerous old lady a driver's license if she'll fuck me. This guy wants to have some hot octogenarian sex. And yeah. it's like, oh, all you have to do to get your license is put your glasses on, don't you know? And she's like, oh, really? That's all I had to do? Well, let's get down to fucking. I'll drive you back to my house with my new driver's license. Well, I'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. I'll meet you there. It's a take-two car. <laughs> well, you sure can drive a stick. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Ah, so and, anyway, when they're driving, they're, yeah. this is the fade out. Now they're they're driving down the road, going back to California. Yep, because it's Cal- this is set in California. That, that California, town. Yeah. and uh, Orville goes to Beverly D'Angelo's. Oh, by the way, you live in Los Angeles now. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, like L.A. Oh no, that oh, I got all those warrants back from my Manson days. <laughs> <laughs> they drive by a tow truck carrying the the. The lakeified truck of the cop with oh, the cop right. in it. The cop in it. Then by they the drive way, the by bla- the biker gang. His, his black deputy friend is nowhere to be found. Yeah, possibly dead. Yeah, probably mark. dead. Eastwood took care of it. Yeah, and then and then they they see the the gang of Nazis in a Nazi bikers in a. It's a big like Batmobile car, like the right. like the Adam West Batmobile with yeah. like the top down, and they're like towing a, like whatever bikes are left over, and they're just all defeated like. It's so fucking stupid. It's yeah. it's such a non-ending for a movie that's so ridiculous. Like, and you just don't even have this dude come out on top. He I, comes not, out like right in the middle, but not even. And it's not like Rocky, where you know, I mean, like he learns anything. He doesn't learn anything. No, I mean, maybe that's for our friends at the Flophouse to figure out any which way you can. Which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Eric, you've seen that movie. I have, and uh, best of luck to them because. <laughs> This is a better movie. It's yeah, it's yeah. insane. I mean, you you didn't think it could get sillier, but it somehow manages the yeah the the, the bikers are back Ugh. and uh, uh, that's, that's is Ruth Gordon back? I I actually I forget, but the ape's back. That's for sure. Oh well, yeah. Side note: it's a different ape, and that ape was beaten to death by his trainer after that film. Wait, the first ape was beaten to death the by his trainer? The second ape. I don't know what happened to the first one. The, the first one, <laughs> the went first to one retired comfortably, <laughs> comfortably in Beverly Hills. <laughs> that second ape was beaten to death? Beaten to death by his fucking surly oh, trainer that's, that's because he was horrible. given fucking, he was given uh, too much lip to Clint Eastwood, I bet. Do you think, uh, I mean, the My answer's no. My blood's boiling. <laughs> My blood's boiling. You better handle your ape, buddy. Man. This is they- Harry Callahan talking. That guy should have been given the chair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beaten a fucking ape to death. Or the sweetest of poetic justice, the ape turns around and bites that dude's face off, as apes and monkeys are known to do. That's where they go. That's exactly where they go every time is start ripping at somebody's face. Yep. Yep. Because they know like that's where like the noises are coming from is like out the mouth. So that's like what gets them attracted to it. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, when it, when it, when a when a a chimp of any kind rips your face off, he's just telling you to shut up. Yeah, shut up, shut shut it, shut 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 your mouth. Yeah, and then everyone looks like Gary Oldman and Hannibal at the end of it. It's like if you don't shut your mouth, I'm gonna eat your mouth. I'm going to literally eat your mouth off of your body. Yeah. Would anybody recommend every which way but loose? Yes, majorly. I had, a, and it's a fun, crazy movie. It's it's ridiculous. It's a, it's a shy long, you know. You could do with less Ruth Gordon and some of the, the yeah. hijinks. But I mean, we're ten minutes under two hours. If you want to see Clint Eastwood beating the shit out of a bunch of people and then hanging out drinking beer with an ape, I think personally, I think it's worth your time. Yeah. I would recommend the poster to this movie where, <laughs> where Clint Eastwood is. It's like this weird manga poster where he, yeah, he looks, looks like, like Ryu. It looks like a Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange. I mean, I, I'd recommend it. It's a lot of fun. It's stupid. It is too long. It's that 70s, like, you know what I mean? Like, you really can't wait for those 80s blockbusters to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't you're wait totally for fucking, right. You can't wait for someone to invent the action movie because it's right there. 
And you're it, right. It's like because we had movies like this and then we had dumb shit like all those, uh, you know, like Earthquake and the Towering Inferno yeah, and all those real big ones. I mean, the year before we got Star Wars, so we were on the right track. And, yeah. and Jaws was four years before this. So, like, we were getting there, well, you know. But, like, this – this is like the death rattle of that kind of 70s genre action cinema, you know, and it's just like, it's impossible at times, but I would totally recommend this movie. Like, again, it's because those fight scenes are hilarious, and some of these bar brawls seriously put Roadhouse to shame. Yeah. yeah. Like, there is some awesome, the, 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 the fight scene where he, he instigates the bar brawl, the one where he, it ends with him beating up the cops. Is so intense that instead of like your average, like the Blues Brothers, where there's like the chicken wire, you know, so like the the bottles can't hit the band chicken and everything. Wire. <laughs> the bar or the uh, the bandmates are getting in on the fight, including an awesome part where the the dude who's playing guitar and singing smashes his guitar over a dude's back, turns around, picks up another guitar, starts playing and singing right on the cue, and doesn't miss a beat. It's awesome. That's the 1970s for you. <laughs> yeah, let's go back. Just smashing guitars over people's backs that exemplifies all of the 1970s. <laughs> There's a lot of back smashing in the 1970s. You got, uh, well, you know, chairs, obviously, but pool cues, big. Oh, yeah. So many. Big. Just, you know, for more back uh, smashing, see Joe Don Baker movies. <laughs> this movie would not have skipped a beat if he was in it. If he was playing the ape? <laughs> We got to get Joe Donnelly. <laughs> we got to go to the zoo. Let <laughs> me so go in here to the, the ape house. Find one of these monkeys to have sex with real quick. <laughs> Man, you know, I didn't think it was possible. Better movie. That's Every Which Way But Lose from 1978, directed by James Fargo. Again, be sure to check out part two of this pod crawl over at the Flophouse podcast. If this is uh, being listened to on a Tuesday, theirs comes out on Saturday, where they will do the sequel, Any Which Way You Can, from, I believe, 1980. Uh, yeah. I think that's correct. So be sure to tune into those guys for the second part of this pod crawl. If you want to get a hold of us, check out whmpodcast.com. There's information about the show, a very helpful FAQ page, and a very helpful episodes guide that features a lot of old episodes that are not available on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean of any of that stuff. So if you're new to the program, go to whmpodcast.com, click on episodes. There are, uh, uh, it's, a, it's, I would call a wealth of back catalog episodes for you to check out. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at WHM Podcast. And write us emails into our mailbag at weallhatemovies at gmail.com. Subscribe to this show in iTunes. Uh, we are also on Stitcher Radio. Download the Stitcher app and stream the most recent five episodes of the program on the go. Wherever you get the show, however you get it, however you listen, rate and review, we would greatly appreciate it. We also, of course, have the app. That is up for purchase and the Bandcamp page if you don't have a smartphone or you don't want to get the app. Bonus episodes on there, including WHM on screen and the very popular Animation Damnation. This month's Animation Damnation, we are talking about the Karate Kid cartoon. What a magical pile of crap that show is. Literally magical. Yeah. It's literally magical. You got to hear it. You got to hear us <laughs> talk about it. So if you're interested in those shows, be sure to pick up the app or visit whmpodcast.bandcamp.com. Check out our sister show hosted by Mr. Eric Siska. Blame it on outer space. Taking down conspiracy theories in a comedic fashion bi-weekly is what the show runs. Blame it on outer space.com at blame space pod on Twitter. What is the episode you're going with right now? What is on the air? Ghosts. Oh. 
<laughs> we're actually we're, we're talking about the Warrens who were involved in the Amityville horror, and um, recently in they were characters in the film The Conjuring, which I liked very much. I I enjoyed The Conjuring. Hilariously, for other reference, if you want to like prep yourself before you go into this Blame It on Outer Space episode. This lady, the actual Mrs. Warren, appears in a TV documentary about the Amityville Horror. There's two. There's like a a, a Nat Geo like TV documentary series where they they profile the Amityville case. But then there is also a documentary called My Amityville Horror where one of the sons of like the Lutz family or whatever is talking about it for the first time. And man, this guy loves being on camera. And he loves hearing himself talk. It has my favorite line in a documentary ever, 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 is they go to their, her house and she's, it's, it's filled with roosters. <laughs> and she looks at two of them like, oh, they, these roosters like each other. She's like, yes, they're identical twins. Identical twin roosters. <laughs> so be sure to check out the episode on the Warrens of the hilarious podcast blame it on outer space that's it for this week be sure to check out part two of the pod crawl that comes out uh, the saturday after this is released by our good friends at the flop house podcast doing any which way you can clue for next week's episode of our own program mr steven sadak somebody's taking sexy pictures of kids <laughs> whoa <laughs> there is, we is go you <laughs> find out next week until then i'm andrew jupin steven sadak eric siska take it easy <laughs> <laughs>